Good morning. It's good to see you all. All right. I do not plan on taking a very long time this morning because I think that what I've got to say won't be confusing, you know, like I don't think I need to explain it lots, but I hope that it's a little bit of a challenge and maybe an encouragement for you. So here we go. Have you heard the saying, you're hearing me, but you're not listening to me? We're all familiar with that. Yes, maybe. Okay. Thanks, Jake. You're hearing, but you're not listening. And if there are kids in the room, you've probably heard mum and dad say this before, or a teacher say that. If there are adults that have been to school in their life, you've probably had a teacher say that before. Um, If you don't know, I'm currently a primary school teacher at this stage in my life, and I've definitely said it a few times myself, just we even listening to anything that I just said? Like, I've definitely said that before, but I try really hard not to. Because, <laughs> first of all, I just don't want to be that cranky person. But I understand that, first of all, not, not every single person in the world is going to understand what I say 100% of the time, so that's fair enough. Number two, some of us get distracted. That happens. That's fair enough. Have you ever... <laughs> I'm sure you have. I'm sure everyone in the room can relate to this. You're at school or uni or in a meeting at work or at a conference or something, and someone's talking, and suddenly everyone around you gets up and starts doing things, and you're just like, I've missed something. I clearly tuned out. What are we all doing? Like, you just got distracted for a second, and you missed the instruction. Anyway, uh, I understand those things. I also understand... That sometimes a kid not following my instruction in a lesson has nothing to do with whether he heard me or not, (laughs) or whether he was listening. He just doesn't feel like it. That's fine. I try not to say that, but we're familiar with the expression. We're familiar with that. There's a Hebrew word, which is shema. Shema. I think. I don't speak... Hebrew fluently. I would like to. I would really, really like to. I don't yet. Maybe one day. Maybe next time I'm up here, I'll say, by the way, I'm a Hebrew scholar at this stage in my life, in case you didn't know. Shema. Uh, Does anyone know what that word means? Great. Great. I'll get into it later. Um, For anyone who isn't aware, just in case, the Old Testament of, of the Bible was originally written in Hebrew, so a lot of the, you know, the English translations that we read today, they're people that have studied the Hebrew and tried to work out what the Bible is saying to us in English so we can understand, uh, which is great. And I've always found that so fascinating. Does anyone else, is anyone else fascinated by words? Yeah, great. Even English words sometimes. I love, like, the etymology of them, just the stuff, it just, oh, I love it. And I'm so glad I'm not alone in the room. I'm so sorry if you don't care and you just do not have any interest in what I'm saying. But I remember like, it was last year now, but it wasn't that long ago when I worked out that inspiration or inspire and spirit are the same root word. 
Like we're inspired by the Spirit and it's like the, the word inspire in Old English or whatever is like divine. Like it's not just artistic, it's like a divine inspiration. You know what I mean? Anyway, etymology is so fun. And I also love um, working out where idioms came from. That's really fun. Can I share a couple? These are some fun ones. Um, you know the saying, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop? Does anyone know where that comes from? Let me share. Apparently, according to the internet, which I love, um, it's like an old, uh, you know, when they started building apartments in like New York City and it was a new thing for people to just live on top of each other, like in a room, on top of a room, on top of a room. And at the end of the day, you'd hear someone kicking off their shoes and you'd hear them go boom on the floor and then you just wait for the other shoe to drop. <gasps> Amazing? No? Boring? I'm amazed. I love it. I don't know if I should share another one. I feel like the crowd's, <laughs> crowd's a bit mixed. Here's another one. Getting, uh, getting, whatever it is, straight from the horse's mouth. You've heard that one? Does anyone know what that is? I'll tell you. Oh, my gosh. Apparently, according to the internet, back in the day, you could work out how old a horse was by looking at its teeth. And so if you're buying a horse, you want a fresh young horse. And so they'd look in their mouth and they'd find out straight from the horse's mouth to see if they were being lied to. And apparently, that's where don't look a gift horse in the mouth also comes from. Because if someone buys you a gift horse, you look in its mouth, that's a bit rude, right? Like, just trust that your friend got you a nice horse. Anyway, this is just so fascinating. Idioms. Okay. Back to Shema. Sorry. That was great. I'm so great that we're all bonding like this. <laughs> okay. The word Shema, in its most basic sense, translates to listen. Listen. But I'm going to show you a couple of examples because they use it in different um, contexts. And I guess the thing with Hebrew is that there's no one around today that was around speaking really old ancient Hebrew. So people working out what these words mean are doing it based on the context that it's used in, right? Um, if you're ever interested, The Bible Project, which is on YouTube, they've got podcasts, they've got a website, they are a fantastic resource and I just love watching their videos and that's where I'm kind of starting my beginner's journey into some of these Hebrew words. But check them out. There's like, it's like a three-minute video and you learn stacks about, you know. Anyway, moving on. All right, I've got an example. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 5, which will hopefully be up here. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 5. And this is the New Living Translation. But most translations are pretty much the same for this. It says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God and the Lord alone. Not that golden calf that Dan was talking about. The Lord alone is your God. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Is this familiar to people? Great. In Hebrew, the start of this was Shema, Shema. O Israel, hey, Shema, O Israel, the Lord is our God, right? Listen, pay attention, focus up. I've got something to tell you. Listen, O Israel. So um, this particular passage 
is actually known as the Shema, like a Jewish kind of prayer that they recite at different times, kind of like we do with the Lord's Prayer sometimes as Christians. Um, this is the start of the Shema. The listen. I like it. Um, so, yeah, here it means listen, but it's used in some different contexts. I've got one more example from Exodus where God was speaking to Moses. And in Exodus chapter 19... God says to Moses to pass on to the Israelites. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me. In this example, obey was Shema. So it wasn't listen this time. It was pretty similar though. Now, if you will Shema me and keep my covenant. If you will obey me. So this time it is still listening if you listen to me. But God's saying, keep my covenant, listen to what I'm saying, but also respond, take action. You know, do something about it. Don't just hear my words and go about your life. So the idea of hearing, no, other way, not just hearing, not just hearing, but actually listening, is a biblical idea as well. And this word Shema is used constantly in different contexts about responding and taking action through the Bible. Watch the Bible Project. It's so good. Anyway, here's my point. When God speaks to us, are we truly listening to what he's saying? Or are we just hearing? Are we not hearing? When God tells you something... Do you take action afterwards? I love the idea of God speaking to me and God revealing things to me when I'm reading his word as well and when I'm praying and and in that time I love when I believe that I hear the voice of God, but am I taking action afterwards? This is something I've personally been, uh, I guess, convicted of recently. So when Nathan said, can you share about what God is telling you? I was like, yeah. God's, God's been telling me about God telling me things and me actually listening to what God is telling me. That's kind of what I've been convicted of recently. Anyway, here's the practical side. No more Hebrew, no more idioms. The practical side of this is, I believe that people in this room right now and people that are missing today, maybe people that are listening on SoundCloud or whatever in the future, but I believe that God has been speaking to you about something and I believe that a lot of you know what that something is. God has planted an idea or been cultivating a passion in you or equipping you for something maybe giving you dreams or visions about something. For instance, I believe that there are people in this room that God has been speaking to you about starting a life group or like a Bible study where you invite people into your home and you share a meal and you make disciples, right? I believe that there are people in this room that have seen a need in our community or this church or for people in living in the streets around this building, that there are people right now that have already identified a need. I, now, I don't know where Beck has gone. Dan, tell me if I'm slandering, if I'm saying something wrong here. But I believe that was the case with Beck 
where she saw a need for, hello, for mums to have a community, to build relationships, to have a support system, and now Rev Minis exists. Is that the right course of events? Did that, yes? If not, that's awkward. But I think things like that are amazing where people have identified a need and they've seen something that's missing and needs to happen and then take action in faith and is equipped by the Holy Spirit. Going back, I I believe that there are people in this room who um, have a specific person. You have someone on your heart who... Every time someone mentions inviting a friend to church, you think of that one person and you're yet to invite them for whatever reason. Or when Nath was talking a couple of weeks ago about opening up your Bible, maybe you haven't done that yet. Maybe you know that that is you that he was talking to and you know that you need to go home and sit down and just have a Bible open in front of you or download the app or whatever and you've been busy or you've forgotten or whatever. And this is not condemnation hour. (laughs) This isn't Queen Sarah up the front telling you, hey, you aren't doing these things. I just believe, truly, that God is speaking to people in this room and has put something on your heart and you don't believe that it's a voice in your head. You believe that it is something that God is speaking to you about. And I just want to say that it is not too late to take action. You haven't missed your opportunity for God to work through you, to work powerfully through you. If you had a dream over a year ago and you went, yeah, that was an old thing and I never got around to doing that, do you think that God can't do something incredible with that right now? God can still work and God will still work. And he works incredibly. He chooses to partner with us. He chooses to equip us. He chooses to fill us with his Holy Spirit. He probably doesn't have to, but that's his plan to bring the kingdom to earth, to plant stuff in us, to give us passions. It's incredible. I think it's incredible. And I, my prayer for our church is that we, because I think we've been doing an an incredible job over this past year since moving here, but to continue being the hands and feet of Jesus, to continue working in faith and not out of our own um, skill or for our own glory or, you know, but to build God's kingdom here because it is his plan. You know what I'm getting at. I don't need to keep rambling. You get it. God is speaking to us and God has planted things in us, has given us an idea. (laughs) Are we listening? Are we responding? Are we taking action? Or maybe we haven't actually heard it yet. I'm almost done, but I would really, really like to pray over us and, and for the people who aren't here today. If this is you and you have something on your heart, I'm going to ask you to kind of bring that thing to mind and pray for yourself and pray over that. Um, Pray with me that the Holy Spirit will equip and ignite and continue planting dreams and inspiration. Um, 
If it's not you, if you're listening to me talking and you're like, well, that doesn't apply to me at all, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm going to pray for you as well because God doesn't have ranks of people that he can use better than others. That's not how it works. God uses every single one of us and speaks to all of us in different ways. So, yeah, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you because you are mighty, you are powerful, you are magnificent, you are king of all kings, and you are victorious. God, we thank you that we get to serve you and glorify your name in ways that make sense for us. Thank you, God, for the way that you equip us and you, and you create, yeah, you give us gifts and talents and ignite these passions for things that we really care about and can do with your Holy Spirit, God. You don't send us to go and do something that we will be ill-prepared for or that we don't even care about, God. You use us in ways that make sense for us. You know us so well. Holy Spirit, I pray again that you fill us back up, that these um, ideas, these visions, whatever that you have given us, that you reignite them, Holy Spirit. God, I'm praying that you open doors, that you make ways for these things to happen. Thank you for the way that you use us, but you also use the community around us, and sometimes you speak to us through those people as well in conversation and in prayer. And God, for the times that we feel like we are not hearing you or we are not understanding you, Holy Spirit, again, we just pray that you help us to focus on the voice of God. Help us to focus not on the distractions, not on the things that sometimes we glorify that aren't God, but Holy Spirit, that you help us, that you guide us, help us to focus on God's voice. Thank you that we get to be part of your plan for bringing kingdom, um, your kingdom here, God. Yeah, we love you. You're amazing. Amen. All right. Well, that's all I had to say. I am going to encourage you, if you have a little something that you're like, yes, that is something that I want to do, and there's someone in this room that might be able to help you out with that, like if you've just gotten kind of this crazy idea, but you're like, I have no idea where to start, chat to someone right now about it as we have coffee and as we hang out. That'd be amazing. But it was really, really good to see you this morning. Have an amazing week. See you next time.